Welcome to the Questioning God podcast with John Hopper. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and this is a resource produced by Search, an organization committed to having conversations about the big questions of God and life. And this episode is all about chapter number 12. I'm a good person. Isn't that enough? John, Christians talk a lot about needing to trust in Christ as if that's the ticket to heaven, the way to be on God's good side, as it were. But why is that so? Why isn't being a good person good enough to be good with God? I mean, I think that's a great question, because, um, uh, I mean, you and I, we, we know a lot of great people. A lot of people, I mean, we'd say they're good people. They're, you know, they look at what they're doing, doing that. We enjoy being with them. And it seems kind of odd to say that that goodness doesn't count for anything, right? So um, now, so first of all, I guess, let me just say that that I think that good works model, like, hey, if I'm good, I'm in, that there's some sense to it, right? So, um, I mean, our picture of heaven isn't just like playing golf or fishing or whatever kind of thing. It's also about like, like good people are there, right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, we don't usually think of, oh, that's the place where Hitler's at, you know, sort of thing. So, um, you know, or, you know, the serial killer or whatever the case might be, right? So we're, we're thinking, like, that's the place where good people go. So, so there's a certain sense to it, but um, I think there's some problems too. So. Yeah, so it does, it does make sense on the surface. It's probably why it's the most common view. I mean, mm-hmm. really every religion mm-hmm. besides Christianity mm-hmm. teaches this, and I think it's if you just ask the man on mm-hmm. the street, person on the street, that's probably mm-hmm. the answer. Good yeah. people go to heaven. Live a yeah. good life, you yeah. go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, what are the reasons that this doesn't make a lot of sense? Yeah. Well, I think there's, there is a there, there are a number of reasons. So first of all, we've got to decide, okay, if you've got to be good enough, well, what's the standard, right? So um, let's take, for example, if we were to um, uh, perform an honor killing in our society, right? Like somebody, you know, shamed our sister, so we go and kill that person. Like, well, we would end up in jail. Like, that's wrong, right? Well, there are societies where an honor killing would be like celebrated even so for, for, so first of all we're going to use a good work model we got like okay so what's what's good and what's bad so that we got the right scorecard right so then we have to think about okay so if we even if we've got the scorecard and we know what it is like well what score do you got to get like is it 51 percent, 70 percent, you know 85 not it's like you know what is that like I, I haven't heard anybody ever say well this is the you know, 82% and you're, you're in, you pass the test. <laughs> so, so, so that would be a problem because wouldn't you hate it if you got to heaven and God says, well, sorry, but you, you're one short. <laughs> you were that close. <laughs> you were that close. <laughs> like, Man, so that seems to be a problem. And it even kind of almost puts um, God in a bad place. Like if he, if he didn't tell us exactly what the standard is and what the score we needed, then it's almost kind of cruel, right? So we're just sort of, bouncing around trying to figure out whether I'm good enough or not to to, to get in. And then to, here's another problem with the good works model is, um, is it measuring outcomes or intentions? So let's say my my friend is feeling sick, so I, I, I put her in the car and I'm driving to, her, to the hospital, and uh, but I'm driving a little bit fast because I want to get her there, and I get in an accident and she gets even more hurt. And she was sick before, and now she's sick and hurt. <laughs> so, so the intentions were good. Do I get measured by that, or do I get measured by 
the outcome, right? Or let's say that um, I donate a whole lot to a hospital, I give millions of dollars away, but it's all really about me and sort of my fame. I want my name on the outside of the building, that sort of thing. Tensions are bad, okay? But the outcome's pretty good. So like, what am I getting measured by, right? So you put all that in the mix, it's like, I'm just not so sure the good works model is all that great. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound all that great. So um, John, so how good are are we? I mean, mm-hmm. are we really, are we good enough? Yeah. Are we really good enough? Yeah. So, um, right. I, I think um, one of the things I didn't mention there, Blaine, is that one of the greatest problems, perhaps the biggest problem with the good works model is I'm just not so sure that any of us are good enough. Right. So, um, so if we did have sort of that true sense of the standard and we knew the score, you know, what the score we needed to have on that, I, I kind of think we'd all say, I, I didn't, didn't need it. Like if it is by good works, I think we we fall short there. Now, um, no doubt that some people are more good than other people. I think we recognize that, right? So mm-hmm. we have one neighbor on one side who's just real gracious and kind and helpful, and the other one is just obnoxious and rude or whatever. Like we can say that, that person is, you know, more good than this this person over there. So but but oftentimes when we say that's a good person or that's a bad person, what we're really doing is we're comparing people against people. So it's this comparative among, sort of within humanity, right? We aren't necessarily comparing people against God's standard, which is a whole different ballgame there. So I can say, you know, that that person is better than that person there, but how would we all measure against the standard of God? And and I think that's that's the really big question. Um, also, I think that um, even if some of us might be a little better than other people, right? And some people certainly are. Um, it doesn't mean that we're all not sort of carrying some baggage or not good stuff with us. So if I were to hand you, Blaine, a, a cup of water and um, one cup contained, you know, 50% water and 50% cyanide, like that would be bad, right? Like if you drank that, that would be a bad thing. Please don't do that. So now, there's another glass that's got 90% water and 10% cyanide. So in one sense, right, that second glass is better than the other glass, right? That's on a kind of comparative nature. But you know what? Both of them would kill you <laughs> if you drank this sort of thing. So, so I think that while some people are better than other people, maybe they do more good than other people, like um, we've all sort of missed the mark uh, t- to a point that's even dangerous or deathly or as scripture would say is sort of is deserving of sort of separation from god forever yeah and what's what's got me thinking is as you're describing this it's like even if we don't know those things we don't know the scorecard we don't know how how what god expects necessarily but when you describe our situation the way you've just done it even not knowing those things I think we naturally go, well, whatever the standard is and whatever the scoring system is, I don't meet it. I don't even need to know them. I to know internally that I've not met that. Um, does the Bible give us a standard? Uh, you know, just how how good do mm. we have to be? Yeah. So the Bible does give us a standard, and um, the standard is the character of God. So in all his perfectness, in all his holiness, in all his goodness, in all his love. And um, that's a pretty crazy standard, right? 
and the score that's sort of necessary is a hundred percent. So, um, which sounds crazy, and yet I think we would hope that in the end that God would um, that that that's what he would be aiming for, right? So that um, he wouldn't settle for less. Like, okay, I'm going to have heaven, and it's going to be mostly perfect, but, you know, there's still going to be some bad things that are going on here. Like, no, I think really what he's after is this place where we would all be sort of reflective of his character, and, and there's no doubt that we fall short of that. Now, you mentioned there that I think, you know, we all feel like we fail some, but I think, I think a lot of people feel like, yeah, I make mistakes. They don't think they're perfect. But, you know, I'm still good enough, right? So, and, and I think that um, there's, there's a couple of reasons for that, that they kind of think that. One is they, they might look just at their outward actions, okay, and only the things they've done. And they haven't included the things that they didn't do that they should have done. <laughs> okay. So maybe you didn't hit someone, but when someone else was hitting someone, you didn't really go in there to help out, right? So, and you don't count that against yourself. But uh. this is how the cast of <laughs> Seinfeld wound up in jail, by the way. <laughs> so, um, I think that uh, you know we we failed to count that in. Plus, we failed to count in the the thoughts that go through our head. So, um, according to Scripture, it's not just our outward behavior; it's also what we let sort of linger and build up in our thoughts. So Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I say to you that anyone who has lust in his heart towards another woman has already committed adultery. Wow, now that that really <laughs> raises the bar there, right? So we sort of see that. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know that I can really match that standard. In fact, here's an image, uh, Blaine, that I've given to a lot of people. And um, when I've shared this image with people, I've never heard of anyone say that they're sort of good with God after I shared this image. So, so the image is, okay, you're in a restaurant, maybe you're with friends having dinner, whatever the case might be, and it's a, it's a west- restaurant that is it's kind of minimalistic in its design, so the walls are pretty much sort of white and bare. And suddenly, on the walls starts appearing all of your thoughts and deeds and misdeeds okay, for everyone to see, for, for all your friends to see. And they didn't even go that back that far. They just go back a month or two. Right? <laughs> They're all there. The thing you thought about your friend or the thing you thought about your wife or whatever thing, or the thing you did or the thing you didn't do that you should have done, and it's all out there. Like, how would you feel in that circumstance? And when I've shared that scene with people, they all say, I would be running out of that restaurant so fast like i would be out of here so we would feel such shame and we'd feel that shame around people who also are sort of falling short in different ways right so if we would feel that shame among people who have also fallen short how do we think we would not feel shame before the creator of the universe like none of us would feel like, well, look at me, God, look at how great I am. I think in his presence, we would say, oh my goodness, how, how far I have fallen, fallen short. So the message is we're all doomed. <laughs> it's just, we should <laughs> stop reading. <laughs> There's no hope. <laughs> and we're in an impossible situation, <laughs> if I'm tracking. <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> so so, um, so tra- the trajectory is not great. 
but there's a way out. And you know, oftentimes people hear Christians say the good news. They use the term the good news, right? Um, and the good news is almost always, when it's really good news, it's set against the backdrop of bad news. So, right, if you, if you, uh, your heart's, or you have like a chest pain or something like that. And so you go to the doctor and your, you know, your father has died of a heart attack and your grandfather's died of a heart attack. So you're just thinking, this is bad news, right? So you go to the doctor, they do all the scans and everything and they go, oh, it's just heartburn. Like that is really good <laughs> news, right? And it's really good news because there's this backdrop of potential, you know, really bad news, right? So, so Christianity talks about good news because it's really against this backdrop of this bad news that none of us measures up, that none of us deserves to sort of be in a place with God, right? We have never, none of us have earned the right to, to be with us. And, and this good news that Christianity offers is, yeah, you can't make it. <laughs> but if you're humble enough to admit that and you're willing to look to God for mercy, and in particular the mercy that's given us through the death and resurrection of, of Christ, what he's done for us, repaying that, that, that penalty that we really owe for our own sins, that suddenly then, right, when there was sort of bad news just surrounding us, it's like, oh, the trajectory is really bad. It's like, oh, but there's a way out. <laughs> right? there's, there's good news. So one way that I describe all of this blame is um, let's say we're all sort of lined up on the beach in California. Hawaii's paradise, right? So we want to get there. And, uh, and some of us, for one reason or another, are better swimmers than others. So... Um, we're more good than others, right? So, so some of us get out from shore a hundred yards, and some of us get out from shore, you know, a few miles because we're better swimmers. But none of us are getting to Hawaii. <laughs> none of us are. And and Jesus knows this, so he sort of brings up the boat alongside us, <laughs> a boat that he paid for himself, right? So, and he offers us a hand and puts that hand out and say, "Come on, get on board. I'll take you there." And, and, you know, if, if you're taking your last breath, like, like you can't swim anymore, you're about to go under, like that would be remarkable good news considering the alternative, right? So now, of course, we have the choice there. Do we grab a hold of that hand and take that offer? That's it's our choice there. So, but it's a choice that's given to us. It's the good news that's offered to us. Um, that really has nothing to do with our good works, our ability to swim. It just has to do with what he's uh, willing to do for us. So somebody might be listening to us talk, and they might be thinking, okay, so why the death? Why the resurrection? This, I'm tracking with you. Jesus is getting me out of the predicament, but why that way? Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, uh, the Bible is quite clear on the, the idea that, that our sins are deserving of death, right? So, um, so in order for um, that debt to be paid, right, that what we owe to be paid, then uh, we could pay it ourselves or someone else could pay it for us, okay? So if we are um, 
convicted of some crime and we have to pay a fine, we could pay it ourselves or someone could come up and pay it for us, right? So now if we have no money, it would be really nice if somebody came along and paid it for us, right? So, but the only person who could pay it for us is the one who already has money to their name, right? So, so in the case of Jesus, the only person who could pay the debt for us is someone who doesn't have to pay it for themselves. Like we have to pay it for ourselves. And if Jesus came along and he too had fallen short, was a sinner, he'd have to pay the penalty for himself with his own life. But he didn't have to pay that for himself because he was sinless. And so he then was able to pay that debt for us. Um, And again, we're sort of just in this position of, am I willing to receive the debt payment that he paid or not? So, and if not, we're, we're in that state, we remain in that bad place where we owe it ourselves. And if we do receive this debt payment, what's amazing about the good news, as you call it, is that it's, it's not just a debt payment that brings you out of debt and back to zero. Mm, that's right. It's actually real important mm-hmm. in Christian theology mm-hmm. that it, it, it is a, a, you're given mm-hmm. all of the goodness of God, if you could say it yeah. that way, all of whatever merit mm. that Jesus has, which is completely infinite yeah. and good, is credited to the bank account of the person who believes in yeah. him. So you're not just out of debt. You are the richest person <laughs> on earth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And so tell me if this would be a incorrect way of kind of thinking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this question, because mm-hmm. the, the title of the chapter is I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good enough? Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be fair to say that it really is a good works system? at the end of the day with the Bible and what Jesus has done. It's just that it's what God's, it's God's good works. Mm. It's Jesus' good works Mm. that make it all work, not Mm. ours. If it's relying on our good works, Mm. we're, we are doomed. Yeah. But because of what he did, Mm. we can be credited with that Mm. and make it. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a gift. That's why we call it good news. (laughs) It's very good news indeed, and uh, you know, John, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want to end this without just asking you this last question. Let, let's say somebody's listening, and they go, "That sounds amazing. How do I get this gift?" What would you say? Yeah, I think it just begins by sort of humbly admitting your need for the gift. Like, Lord, I, I do fall short, and then it's saying. Lord, I know you've done what is necessary to make me right with you. I know I don't deserve it, but I know you've offered it as a gift. And so um, I trust in you, Christ, what you've done for me through your death, through your resurrection, and I, I, I want to receive your mercy. And God, as we see in the scriptures, is so... Um, uh, waiting to generously give that to us that we might be called the children of God. Well, thank you for that, John. This has been just a great conversation about chapter 12. I'm a good person. Isn't that good enough? On the next episode, we're going to be looking at chapter 13. If God is loving, why would he send anyone to hell? 
Now, if you haven't already, go pick up Search's new book, Questioning God, Answers to Questions Worth Asking. It's available now on questioninggod.com and on Amazon. And we look forward to having you join us next time on the Questioning God podcast with John Hopper.